0: Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week we're podcasting live from Marines Memorial Theater in San Francisco where we dispensed live justice at SF Sketchfest. Judge John Hodgman, Super Podcast. Judge John Hodgman, Super Podcast. Judge John Hodgman, Super Podcast, Judge John Hodgman, Super Podcast,
1: Who told you you may be seated? How dare you? Don't stand up in the back. I see you in the back pretending. It's too late for all of you. You're all in contempt.
0: Uh, They're sort of using, I think they're sort of using that uh, church from a denomination that you're not a member of rule, which is you just kind of like look at a guy that's on the dais and just do whatever he does.
1: That makes sense to me. But you're all in the church of Satan now. Do what I say. (laughs) Welcome to San Francisco.
0: The last, the last stop on our nationwide tour our of Our nation nationwide
1: tour, we have been bringing justice to all of North America. This is our 37th stop. <laughs> <laughs> we started in Bangor, Maine. We then moved on to Augusta, Maine. Then
0: to Portland, Maine then to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I can't go on. My, my main concern with this bit is it's going to require me to know the names of places in the Northeast. The best, the best part of our tour was all of Canada,
1: because I got to wear a wig the entire time. But now I do not wear a wig, because we are in the United States of America, specifically the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Thank you. <laughs> for having me and bailiff Jesse here at the Marines Memorial Theater as guests of the SF Sketch Fest.
0: Applaud again. Judge Hodgman, I, I actually have an applause line to deliver. It's a sort of a Please. double applause line. I don't know if you've ever seen, or if anyone here has ever, it seems unlikely thinking now that I think about it, but I don't know if anyone here has ever seen Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, I know that as a San Francisco native, hold for applause. One thing that Sulu, as portrayed by George Takei, said always resonated with me. Oh my. <laughs> as they landed the USS Enterprise, of course, the famous spaceship from the film Star Trek IV. Sure. Uh, Sulu said... Also a- perfect for piloting in atmosphere and on the water. <laughs> Which they which they landed in Golden Gate Park in the film. Uh, Sulu said, San Francisco, I was born here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. If I though
1: if I remember correctly, they did not land the USS Enterprise. It was it was a Klingon bird of prey. So get your goddamn facts straight, Jesse. Hey,
0: John, check this out. Hello, computer. <laughs> I have one gavel here.
1: <laughs> I brought my spare nerd gavel. When you get things wrong. Now, I am not wearing a wig, but I am wearing... Everyone here in the theater can see some sweet Uts Cufflinks. As people who listen to the podcast know, I have decided that UTS will be the sponsor of this podcast whether they want it or not. <laughs> I am essentially a sponsor stalker at this point. <laughs> there is no UTS to be had in San Francisco, I'm sorry to say, but I brought these nice UTS cufflinks and I brought a nice letter from a listener and a friend of ours that I would like to share with the court. I would like it entered into the record. Absolutely. I received this letter last night. And I was so grateful to receive it because I had nothing planned for this opening bit. (laughs) Dear John, in my family for many years now, whenever we speculate about the death of a beloved family member, we always (laughs) refer to the Utz potato chip truck as a euphemism for their death. (laughs) I know Utz is going to love this. This is a five-text message. Next text, an example. (laughs) My dad might say, when I get hit by the Utz potato chip truck, I'm sure your mother will sell this house and move into something smaller and more efficient, end quote. So we use hit by the Utz potato chip truck the way others might say, kick the bucket. This habit began with my grandmother, who herself was hit by the Utz
2: potato chip truck in
1: 1984 and is still dearly missed. Every time you mention Uts on your podcast, it reminds me of my witty and beloved and dead grandmother, <laughs> of my funny family, and also of the heartbreaking but beautiful mortality we all share. And I feel warm and enriched, thought you should know, sincerely, your friend, Elizabeth Gilbert, offer of Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> That is an authentic text from my friend Elizabeth Gilbert. It's weird that she signs her text that way. <laughs> but I am going to print it out and sell that text as a pamphlet and get millions of dollars. And then Uts will know that this is a going concern. And they will send us some crab chips and some delicious oh kettle classics, dark russets. You guys, those are the ones I haven't mentioned yet. They're the best.
0: But... We have justice to dispense, do we not, Jesse Thorne? (laughs) We do have justice to dispense, and we have helpers to help us dispense that justice. Two very special San Francisco guests. Our first guest, a brilliant singer, songwriter, and producer. He's the head of the analog recording studio, Tiny Telephone. Please welcome the great John Vanderslice. (laughs) John Vanderslice. Always good to see you. And a beloved San Francisco rapper who has the rare distinction of being the greatest rapper with whom I have ever had Thanksgiving dinner, his new mixtape Thurlian (laughs) drops next month. Please welcome A1. (laughs) Gentlemen, good to have you here. Um, John Vanderslice, of course, a beloved San Francisco institution. A1, another beloved San Francisco institution who also grew up on the same block as me. Wow. You didn't know that, John? I did not know that. What block is that? Uh, Tiffany Street. It's one block street. Me and uh, yeah, Nick. Shout and... out to Tiffany Street, a few yeah. gentrifiers in the mm-hmm. audience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just when I thought Bailiff Jesse Thorne could not be more adorable, I learned he grew up on
3: Tiffany Street. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to be a, a successful rapper and have your, uh, your background be on Tiffany Street.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> What's up? Shout out Tiffany Street. What was, what was bailiff
1: Jesse Thorne like as a, as a child? What was the age wh- when he was when you met him?
3: Well, me, me and uh, Jesse's little brother John used to hang out and, uh, and play video games together, and I just remember Jesse... Oh, down on Pollyanna Avenue? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember Jesse would always be like, get out of, get out of my room, you guys are bothering me. Because he would be playing his computer games and didn't want Why notice. are you disorganizing my knit ties?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that kind of what thing. Games would he, what games were you playing?
3: Uh, I, one, one memory I have is, uh, is being grounded and my mom leaving the house for like a half an hour to go grocery shopping. And I ran over uh, to Jesse's house as soon as she left. And uh, uh, was playing Lion King, the Lion King video game on Super Nintendo. That Lion King video game was so horrible. I love that game. (laughs) uh, What could possibly have been good about it? (laughs) Because you you played the movie. You got to become like older Simba after being young Simba and like. You got to live the ultimate dream. Did
1: you ever play (laughs) the Super Nintendo (laughs) game William Shakespeare's Hamlet? (laughs) Because I believe the Super (laughs) Nintendo game, The Lion King, was based on that. (laughs) Maybe.
3: Maybe. I got got in a lot of trouble, though. My mom. All I remember is your dad uh, yelling down the stairs, Adam, you're in deep (laughs) s mom (laughs) just called.
0: (gasps) Sorry. No, no. But that actually happened. The the problem with your scheme was our street, Tiffany Street, literally one block long backed into the Safeway. So I presume she went to the Safeway to do her grocery shopping. That's a pretty narrow window.
3: (laughs) But your brother had beaten a level that I'd never beaten. I I had to see it. I had to see it. John Vanderslice,
1: welcome to the courtroom. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Now, John, you, uh, you have a, a recording studio here in San Francisco called Tiny Telephone. I do. And it is, uh, I understand, the premier analog recording studio on Tiffany Street, I, at, at the very least.
0: <laughs> you know, it is not that far from Tiffany Street. No, right? no it, is, yeah. it is not
1: that far
4: from Tiffany Street.
1: Well, thank you very much. And of course, you've produced many albums by John Darnielle and Mountain Goats, a yes. who, who, uh, friend of the show and who was our, our live guest uh, last time we were I here I was sitting San over Francisco. there. It was fantastic. I'm sorry that frank. you didn't jump on, on stage, but I'm glad you're here now. Yeah, I'm glad I'm here too. And will you guys weigh in with your insights to justice as we hear some of the cases tonight? Absolutely. The, the correct answer is yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll if you say yes. no, I mean,
0: just, I guess, take a hike? I don't
1: know. No, no, You can just sit there, too. That's fine. But I hope that you will weigh in, because we have quite a few cases to hear. And uh, because uh, we don't come around uh, to San Francisco very often, we want to make sure that as much justice gets spread all over the place as possible. And consequently, we're going to hear as many cases as we can for this first segment. We're going to we're going to have 30 minutes of justice. I'm going to hear as many cases as I can in 30 minutes. Now, we have, uh, we have already had some uh, petitions to the the court that we've looked over, if those people would start making their way over to that side of the house. For those of you listening along at home, I am gesturing to house right. Um, in, case, in case you have your pewter figurines of me and Jesse and you're playing.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving
0: them from hexagon to hexagon. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. <laughs> And if you have a dispute that we haven't vetted, but is a real dispute between you and perhaps your neighbor, maybe someone in the seat behind you is bothering you right now, uh, you can go on over there to House Left and we'll begin. I will set a timer for 30 minutes and then we're going to begin hearing some justice. Jesse, will you just do a blanket swearing in of everyone uh, so that everyone will tell the truth forever until I say stop?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we don't want anybody spreading any lies while we're doing this show. So if everyone could uh, rise and raise their right hands... Uh, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God, or whatever. Amen. Very well, you may be seated. Thank you very much. This is actually a new merchandising program for us. We're focusing on marketing this this year on Judge John Hodgman. Yes. This is the uh, Justice Delivered in 30 Minutes or Less program.
1: That's right. If your justice comes in at 35 minutes, it's even less money.
0: And honestly, <laughs> if if your justice turns out cold. Um, it's fine Justice is a dish best served, cold. Very nicely put, Jesse Thorne Thank you very much You render me (laughs) speechless, sir Thank you very much Okay, so Should we have our first case come out? Please Come on out What's the nature of your dispute, sir and madam?
5: Your honor
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute First of all, oh look, you have little scripts, that's good. This is the case, do I, uh, do I have before me the case of Kristen versus Matt, is that correct? Yes. yes. And which one of you is Kristen? Very well, Matt, you are Matt? Yes. All right, let me set the timer. 30 minutes of justice begins now. Boy, two, two gavels and I can't reach one. All right, good. Uh, Kristen and Matt, are you known to me, yes or no?
5: You do look familiar. Yes. Yes.
1: Is it the case that uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, this past fall, David Reese and I were on tour, came back to our hotel, and you were having a party at the hotel. Is that correct? That is correct. Had we ever met before that night? No. Never. No, and uh, was that the night of your marriage? That is correct. Did we crash your party?
2: (laughs) Yes, you did. did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just want all of that entered into the record that sometimes I can be a really fun guy. (laughs) Was it a very big party? Yes. No? I mean, it was big in spirit, but in terms of sheer numbers? No. no. It was about
5: 15 people. It was the after party. Yes. Wait, when you say 15 people, do you mean
0: before or after John and David Reese crashed (laughs) her?
5: After. (laughs) After.
1: Yeah. Now, Kristen. Yes? And did you know who was crashing your wedding party at that time? No. Now have you learned your lesson? Yes. How is your marriage going so far?
6: Really great. It's great so far.
1: You know, every now and then, people ask me, uh, we would really love it if you would marry us, being that you are a fake internet judge. (laughs) And that is apparently now legal in all states and territories. (laughs) And I routinely say no, because marriage is very serious and should only be administered by some completely arbitrary (laughs) employee of the state or commonwealth in which you live. But I so I did not have the opportunity to marry you because you were already married when I met But I now get to figure out whether
5: you are going to divorce. So (laughs) What
1: is your dispute specifically?
5: Your Honor, I believe that Bigfoot exists My wife on the other hand is a naysayer I by no means think that Bigfoot is some kind of supernatural creature an alien a crazy hairy wild man what I believe is actually much more boring and that Bigfoot is simply an elusive giant ape, much like an offshoot of a giant orangutan. Yawn, (laughs) you're right, that is boring. (laughs) Primates and apes are plentiful in almost every continent other than North America, so why is it so far-fetched that a small population could exist here? Your Honor, I'm not here to prove the existence of Bigfoot. I'm simply here to prove to my wife that a giant, hairy, bipedal ape running around in the woods is not such a crazy idea. And I believe that you will rule in my favor.
1: Very nice, I appreciate your prepared statement. Kristen, how do you respond?
6: Your Honor, although Matt and I have only been married for a short time, we've been together for six years. And at first, I thought his interest in Bigfoot was kind of cute and funny. But it's gotten pretty extreme. He now owns Bigfoot socks. T-shirts, mugs. He has a significant Bigfoot art collection. (laughs) He has dragged me to Bigfoot museums and cryptozoology museums across the country. And these are museums that showcase Harry and the Henderson dolls and Nancy Drew book covers. And enough is enough. If Bigfoot existed, we would have found bones or bodies or fossils by now. It takes a decent population size to maintain a species. So my question to him is, how come we don't see them everywhere? There's no scientific proof that Bigfoot exists, and I hope you will tell my husband to give up on this fantasy.
1: Uh, Matt, when you, you have a lot of Bigfoot collectibles, obviously trinkets, and and speak directly into the microphone, please. Sure. Yeah, because you're you, people, somewhat Bigfooty in stature. Yeah, structure. those of you <laughs> listening at home may may not realize that Kristen requires no further proof of the existence of Bigfoot. <laughs>
0: It's possible that Matt believes in Bigfoot just because he wants to make his first friend. (laughs) Yeah.
6: True, that is true.
1: Is it, Matt, is it the case that you are trying to ease Kristen into the belief of Bigfoot so that you can finally come out of the (laughs) closet, as it were, and reveal that you are Sasquatch yourself?
5: This is not the first time I've gotten that. Um, No, not at all. I, I, I'm not trying to prove the existence of it. I just, We heard your statement, sir. (laughs) When you say
1: that you collect, when you have a lot of Bigfoot stuff, do you have uh, the Steve Austin versus Bigfoot drag race set? I do not.
6: (laughs) Don't give him any ideas. I am not not pleased by that. I did not know that existed. (laughs) Let the record
1: show that I sneered. (laughs) Kristen, when you say that Matt has been taking you around to cryptozoology museums, are any of them the International Museum of Cryptozoology? that is run by Lauren Coleman in Portland, Maine?
6: Yes, I've been there.
1: <laughs> and did you make a donation?
5: We did. <laughs> oh. yeah, I'm I starting to feel guys. pretty good about you now.
1: <laughs> yeah. May I just say cryptozoologymuseum.com, it needs your support. Lauren Coleman is Bar none, the number one Bigfoot expert in the United States and a biographer of Tom Slick, the great Yeti hunter, whose name was really Tom Slick. (laughs) Please go and make a donation. Why is it important to you, Matt, that Kristen believe in Bigfoot? Why can't you just keep your own cryptozoology enthusiasms to yourself?
5: Uh, I kind of feel like I am. I I think it's the other way around.
1: Why is it important to you that she believe in Bigfoot? Why don't you just let it go? Why are we even here? What would you like me to order? That she believe in a thing that probably doesn't exist?
5: Uh, I think I... I are you would...
1: asking her as, as your wife to convert to Bigfootism?
5: Uh, no. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm asking that uh, she be open to the idea of the possible like a, existence. P- a possible
1: Bigfoot three-way? I <laughs> <laughs> just want you to be open to it. Kristen, do you believe in ghosts? No. Do you believe in God? No. What's another thing, Jesse?
6: <laughs>
0: do you believe in Yetis?
1: Yeah, good. that's a good question.
6: Thank you. No. <laughs> it would have
0: been interesting if you believe in Yetis but not Bigfoots. But.
1: Why, why, why is it not okay for you to simply say, yeah, maybe,
6: I think I was, I was okay with it at first, but it's just gotten kind of extreme. Like, I think as...
1: Well, is he asking you to go on expeditions?
6: Not yet, but it's heading that way.
1: Matt, would you like to go on a Bigfoot hunting expedition? Do you know of one? <laughs> if I have my way, Utz is going to finance an incredible Sasquatch hunt.
5: Then yes, yes, and, for and sure. I, yes, and
1: I may need a bigfoot decoy to stand out, <laughs> stand out in the woods somewhere to attract other bigfoots. Would you be up for it?
0: Absolutely. Are you be, are you willing to be smeared with orangutan urine?
5: Uh, we'll, uh, yeah, questionable. Yeah, we'll we'll wait for that day. It's essential to the mission. It's just a
0: project. It's just
1: you it's try telling me, where... us
5: people that you weren't
0: willing to <laughs> smear yourself with orangutan.
2: I'm Kristen sorry.
1: if I were to find in your favor what would you like me to do to prohibit your husband from having this passion for this giant man ape
6: I'm I'm torn about this I really am I think that Matt feels like a kinship with Bigfoot he identifies with him he sees him as like you know just a cool beast hanging out in the woods and that's you know misunderstood by society and so I'm fine with him believing in it, just like, I mean, tone it down with all the, I mean, we talk about it a lot. Tone it down? Yeah, tone it down. Just tone it down a little bit.
2: All
1: right. I'm not ever going to find against a man who has Bigfoot socks. He can (laughs) believe whatever he wants, but so can you. Matt, your wife is a non-believer. I can't order her to believe in something that you believe in until you find it. (laughs) Deal. I'm not putting you, I'm not putting her in a Russell's teapot situation where she has to prove a negative. I'm putting you in the situation where you have to prove a a positive. Go out, find us some Bigfoot, (laughs) or a big arm, or a big hand, any part of it, (laughs) to prove that it exists. But until then, you know, your wife just doesn't believe in Bigfoot, and on some level, she doesn't believe in you. This is the sound of a gavel. (laughs) Next case, please.
0: Next case, please. Good luck in your marriage. <laughs> Step up to the microphones. What, what are your names, sir and madam? I'm Monica. Greetings, Monica. You must be John, based
1: on this docket I have before me. I think it's correct. And I appreciate that you are wearing a, uh, a Judge John Hodgman brand T-shirt, Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage T-shirt.
0: <laughs> Available... Thank available you, right? online at maxfunstore.com. <laughs> Inter- cryptozoologymuseum.org,
1: you guys. For real. Lauren Coleman needs your help. He's a great dude. Monica and John, who brings this case before me? I do. And what is the issue?
7: Um, should I read my statement?
1: You should read your statement, yes. Uh,
7: I own a 2008 Subaru Impreza wagon. Congratulations. A, thank you. Uh, I share the car with my boyfriend, John, and it's stuck to the gills with camping and rock climbing gear. It's difficult to find anything in the car or to fit a third person into the car. We once wore out the tires, the tires of the car to the cords, and the salesperson at the tire store even said that the weight in the car was causing uneven wear. Judge, I'm asking that John remove enough stuff from the car so that the car's suspension isn't so slammed. It rides pretty low to the ground right now, and so that we can give rides to our friends occasionally. We have a storage unit that is a short drive away from home that we could store the extra things.
1: And uh, how do you respond to the, first of all, do you have an Impreza, Subaru, is that correct? Yes. I didn't know they had those outside of New England. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I thought it was a a regionalism.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm willing to wager that 62% or more of this audience has a 2008 (laughs) Subaru
8: Impreza wagon. (laughs) Sounds about right.
0: John, stuffed to the gills,
1: Monica. First of all, are you guys married? No. Who owns the car? I do. You own the car in full?
7: Yes. So
1: are, are you in a romantic relationship? Yes. So your boyfriend is shoving all his rock climbing gear into your car and ruining the wheels? Exactly. Why are you doing this, John? Why do you have to have rock climbing gear with you at all times? I will explain. Is there a chance you're just gonna hop out? I don't even want to hear the statement. Answer me.
2: (laughs)
8: No, we, we 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 share many of the expenses of the car, including the significant parking. Sure, the, the
1: three insurance. the the, 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 yeah. new <laughs> the new tires every week expense.
8: New tires every week. How do you the, respond
1: to the guy at the tire shop going, "You're destroying your tires because you're rock climbing?" Equipment.
8: We actually got fifty-five thousand miles out of our last set of tires, which for we're a only Subaru that's
1: nothing, sir.
8: Well, 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 the guy at Subaru, the tire shop.
1: If you want to outbid us on this program, I'm. <laughs> You're on warning, Uts, And you know what, Moxie, you're dead to me. And people are upset that when I say Moxie is dead to me, but I'm from New England, that's a term of affection in New England now. So why is it important for you to keep this stuff, why, why is the putting this stuff in the, in the storage space not okay?
8: Well, the biggest reason is, Monica and I live in an apartment with roommates and without much storage space. And we ha- as Monica mentioned, we have a storage unit, but it has limited hours of operation. And our car is in a parked garage and provides a convenient, secure storage option for items that we normally take camping or climbing. The gear is in our car is mostly for year-round necessities and not used for daily use. As a forgetful person and a last-minute planner, I rest assured that I have a bevy of gear preloaded in the car, including warm sleeping bags for Monica. <laughs> and Monica benefits from this as well. And I've actually done the calculations that we could safely add at least 380 and possibly up to 850 pounds of cargo in addition to our bodies and still be well within the manufacturer's permissible limits. (laughs) So I seek, Your Honor, that you grant me a stay to continue my cost and time effective practice. And I would consider upgrading our suspension to heavy duty loads to Address the slammed issue that Monica addressed at a reputable mechanic. How much
1: would it cost to update your suspension to heavy-duty loads? Which, by the way, thank you for saying that on my yeah. podcast.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Your Honestly, Honor. Judge Hodgman, this guy sounds like he's giving us a heavy-duty load. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I agree with you, Jesse Thorns. Uh, you live in an apartment with roommates. We do. Yeah, when are you going to move in together me. into a place of your own?
8: Uh, given the way San Francisco rents are going, possibly not soon. Yeah, right. That's well, with that's, his lucrative career as a rock climbing hoarder. That's right. <laughs>
1: If you, if, I, I appreciate that you share some of the expense, uh, uh, expenses of the car, but you're adding expense to the car by putting all this stuff in it all the time. And the fact is, she owns the car, and she should be able to decide what to do with it. Get Are your stuff out of the car, dude. <laughs> Next case, please. That'd be
2: Two when, rounds of when, justice. When
1: you, when you, when you guys... Ma- they're off there, but I'm going to keep yelling at them. When you, when you make enough money to have your own apartment and you can get your own car, then you can put whatever junk you want in that trunk feel lucky your girlfriend has a car, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> but drive away,
0: all-wheel drive away, my friend. Where, where, do you, where do you two keep your spare recording equipment?
4: I rent a lot of warehouses. Yeah. My, I, I was gonna ask him about ultralight camping, if he had really looked into that. And ultralight rock climbing gear, it doesn't sound like he's gone down that road because he's killing the suspension.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe you should do this kind of Bring thing. Bring them back. Is that like camping in, that's like camping in a glider? It's a,
1: are you guys still talking about Subaru and Mrs. Subaru? Yes, I'm sorry. Sorry, those guys are dead to me. <laughs> it's a term sta-
0: of endearment.
1: Standing here in front of me, I believe I have Sarah. This is the case of Sarah versus Esteban. Is that correct? Yes. yes. And which one of you is Sarah?
0: Please speak directly into the microphone.
1: Yeah, you have to get really Sign. up close to it like this or else I can't hear you. And one do,
0: inch. do a voice, too.
9: Well, I don't know. Don't do
0: that voice, John. No one likes that voice. I think it's got legs. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope.
1: So Sarah. No, no, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, do you bring this case before this court?
9: I do. Uh,
1: what justice do you seek?
9: I am bringing this case against Esteban, respondent boyfriend and native Spanish speaker from Ecuador. I'm attempting to learn Spanish, and although my comprehension is improving, I'm still fairly inept at speaking it. Oh, see. I have asked Esteban to spend, at the very least, five minutes a day speaking with me in Spanish. He says he will only begin doing this when I reach first base, an apparent milestone in Spanish language fluency. (laughs) 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 I believe I have reached first base, and... If I haven't, he should do it anyways so that I reach first base that much more quickly. <laughs> Therefore, I am petitioning this court for an order compelling Esteban to converse with me in Spanish for five to ten minutes daily.
1: I see. <laughs> Esteban, how do you responde? <laughs> <laughs>
10: it's
1: to respond in, spa- in Spanish.
2: <laughs>
10: I am asking the court to deny Sarah's request. First of
1: all, I'm in love.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Just got hot in here,
2: folks.
10: (laughs) While Sarah has great potential, she has yet to reach a level of proficiency to make her conversations productive, our conversations productive. Sarah took a few Spanish lessons a few years ago and has used popular Spanish language acquisition software every now and then. I believe that if Sarah focuses on these processes, she will soon be ready to transition to conversational Spanish. I will will concede that patience is not my best quality. (laughs) And speaking Spanish as an exercise can be tedious and frustrating for me. I fear that having these forced exchanges will, will introduce a level of tension in our relationship. In my defense, I have worked with Sarah to improve her pronunciation. I have made myself available to answer her questions. Our cats. Are you saying that you hold office hours?
1: Horas de oficina. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, you were finished. Esteban, uh, w- w- uh, you say that Sarah has not reached first base in Spanish. What would that be exactly? Besos con lengua? (laughs) Besos en la boca? (laughs) What does first base mean? Premio base?
10: Uh, We've been there and done that. I think uh, first base in Spanish (laughs) is enough Spanish to complete sentences and have a conversation that lasts more than 10 seconds.
1: Do you think you can do a conversation more than 10 seconds, Sarah? Yes. Bueno. Begin.
9: Hola, Esteban. Hola. ¿Cómo estás?
1: <laughs> Muy bien. You're right, the tension is impossible. <laughs>
0: Yeah, any divorce attorneys in the house
1: today? The
2: will
1: the the will they won't they tension, I mean.
0: <laughs> I feel, did you feel like the next sentence she was gonna say was donde está la biblioteca? <laughs> You're saying that it is a
1: hassle for you to speak Spanish?
10: Not necessarily. I think that speaking to someone who's not has the ABCs of Spanish, it is. If uh, there's a basic level of proficiency, then I'm perfectly happy to engage in conversation. Esteban,
3: how, how long did it take you to write that that paper in your hand?
10: <laughs> a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: how, so, so you can't spend five minutes talking to a woman in Spanish? Long <laughs> to, no, I, <laughs> you're right.
10: Am I wrong? That's a very good point. But uh, what happens, I believe, is that in a, by focusing on these five-minute conversations, Sarah is not focusing on other aspects of her language acquisition. I think that if she does that, what she are the, has, what
1: what I always understood that speaking as much of the language as possible in an almost immersive environment is the best way to take on a language. What would you have her do? Go to the language lab and listen to and listen to albums?
10: No. <laughs> uh, take Spanish lessons one on one with someone who is has the teaching tools and knows how to Do you guys live together? To live? Yes. Yes.
1: When you go to, uh, Esteban, you have family here?
10: Not anymore, They're, everybody's back back in Ecuador.
1: Oh, okay, but you, you, Sarah, you wrote about how when you're around his family, you can't understand anybody, right?
9: Well, my understanding is improving, but I can't really be part of the conversation, and for example, his father doesn't speak English, so it would be nice to be able to talk to him. How you know, many, there's how... something
0: to be said, John, for those record albums. <laughs> I studied, I, I, I listened a lot to a, a CD called "Rapanese" in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> at school, and it wasn't a um, recreational activity. And uh, I can still say, biru kudasai, can I have a beer, please? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just saying. I am very impressed. <laughs> Thank you, Bela for a Zeta Stone, but <laughs> I don't get why don't you just talk to your gr- girlfriend, girlfriend, romantic? How long have you guys been together? How many Quantos años?
9: Four. Oh, cuatro. <laughs> <laughs> You're quick, kid.
1: <laughs> I took a year of Spanish in college. Uh, yeah, talk to her in Spanish. For God's sake, jeez. <laughs> Next case, please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that it's boring and a hassle for you to help your loved one get closer to you. Coming before me now, in this courtroom, I believe, this should be the case of Chris versus Abby, is that correct? Yes, Your Honor. You are Chris, who just spoke? Your Honor. Abby, uh, do you see the microphone there? Yeah. And how old are you, Abby? I am 10. You are 10 years old. Is... <laughs> I don't know why we're applauding a human being for aging at a regular rate, <laughs> but I agree you are adorable. Normally, I do not like to have children on my podcast, with rare exceptions, you being one of them. Abby, this... I am hoping this guy is your father. <laughs>
3: I am, Your Honor. I just
1: realized I didn't check. Is that, is, yes? <laughs> yes, he that is. is. All right, good, good. Abby, speaking directly into the microphone, can you tell me why your father is such a pain?
9: I believe, um, um, well, I believe that my dad should not um, Not only. Well, take, mo- dad... take a moment,
1: take a moment. Who brings this case? Abby, does. Abby, yes. all right. You ready to go, Abby? Yes. All right, go for it. Here, Chris,
2: that...
1: you're her father? Yes. Will sir. you help your daughter and angle that thing down so she can. <laughs> yes, Your Angle the microphone. Take care of your child.
2: Yes,
9: (laughs) (laughs) I believe that not only should my dad finish the first Harry Potter book, but that he should also make reading a habit. I also think that he should cut down on internet time because he needs to be free from distractions and and, um, pay more attention to his surroundings. To conclude, I think my dad should become more literate.
0: What, what was your name, Dad? Chris? Was it Chris? Chris. Yes. Quick question for you. ¿Dónde está la biblioteca?
8: Esta.
0: Chris.
1: What? Read your thing. If you, <laughs> if you
8: can. <laughs> Into I'm, the
1: microphone.
8: Yes, Your Honor. I'm the respondent, Abby's dad, Chris. I will admit that a lot of the time I spend on the internet could be used to be reading, but in my defense, I'm not watching cat videos or checking to see what's going on in Kim Kardashian's life. Instead I am digesting information curated by people I choose to follow on social media, such as yourself. I would hope the judge would give me a little credit for using the web for personal enrichment, not just as a time sucker.
1: So let me understand this. Can I I just say
8: one thing about this?
0: I don't like his attitude about cat videos. cats okay, okay. puppies donks ponies these are the reason the internet was created in the yeah. first place I'm if ple- i ask you the question do you enjoy watching cat videos on the internet there's only one correct answer and that is yas <laughs> yas who knows about yas cat yas cat that's what's up i don't understand is that. this cat is this cat and the and the owner says do you, hey do you want a treat and then the cat goes and the, owner, and the voice goes, Yas.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you remember before we even had these things?
1: <laughs> we had to have actual cats.
2: <laughs>
1: what a pain that was. Yas. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: Thank you, Bailiff Jesse. Abby, do I understand that you love the Harry Potter books? Yes. And you want your father to read them? Yes. Do you, have, you, have you read them together? No. Do you want him to read them to you or no? No. You just want him to read them so that he enjoys the thing that you enjoy? Yes. And he wants to read Twitter?
10: Yes,
9: that's it.
1: Chris, what things are you reading aside from my social media presence oh. on the internet that is keeping you from reading a novel that your daughter loves and wants to share with you?
2: Oh, there's
8: some things on Reddit and... Oh.
1: All right, well, I've changed my mind now. (laughs) Chris, your daughter is wanting to share a part of her life with you. My daughter uh, is not 10 years old. She is 13 years old and uh, no longer wants to share any part of her life with me. (laughs) (laughs) So when she, for Christmas, gave me a copy of the book Ender's Game, saying it was her favorite book, even though I have some problems with Orson Scott Card's position on same-sex marriage and rights, I read that book. Now, what I want you to do to understand just what sort of monster you are being, I want you to look Abby in the eye and I want you to repeat after me. Daughter. Daughter. I will not read Harry Potter. I
8: will not read any Harry Potter.
1: That's just dumb kid stuff. That's just dumb kid stuff. I know you want to share a part of your life with me.
8: I know you want to share a part of your life with me.
1: But Reddit is on. (laughs) But Reddit is on. (laughs) Tell me how you feel
8: not good about it. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Have you read Watership Down, Abby?
9: <laughs>
1: you like books about rabbits?
9: Well, no, I've read, I've read lots of other books, too. But, that's, but I'm not, Harry Potter's my favorite, look,
1: so. Look, Abby, you're, you're great. I'm not calling you out on books you haven't read. You're reading books. I applaud you. And so are they. <laughs> When the time, when the time comes, you will read Watership Down to your daughter so you can learn about the very brief lives of rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> and how short our time is in this English countryside and how it should not be wasted. But for now, I order you to read whatever Harry Potter book your daughter orders you to read. This is the sound of a gavel. Thank you. sound of another gavel. Claxon! 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 That is the end of thirty minutes of justice.
0: I feel like we dispensed a lot of justice.
1: Four big cases in thirty minutes. A regular, pow, 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 pow. a regular episode of Judge John Hodgman is two and a half hours long, <laughs> and we barely get through one case. Those this were a, good cases. Yeah, these are quality hot. cases. Quality cases, would you yeah. agree? Adam quality cases. Loved it. Loved it. Thank you very much. Was I by the way, if you guys want to serve as the court of appeals, was I wrong? No. Anywhere? I mean I, it's okay.
3: I agreed on every single uh uh ruling.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know why? Because I picked them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, listen, John. Yes. We have more justice coming up in the program. We but do. we have two brilliant musicians here. Why don't we have one of them play a song? I would love for that to happen. <laughs> A1, would you like to? Sure. Ladies
3: and gentlemen, A1. OK, one second here. Before I get started, I have a question for the audience. Who here uh, grew up in an era known as the 90s? Make some noise. Yeah, some people. OK. Who, who, watched a, who watched television throughout that era? Anybody? Okay. Who watched a, a, a television channel by the name of Nickelodeon? Make some noise. Okay, you didn't have cable, sir? You didn't have cable, no? Okay, all good. Uh, how about a show called All That? Anybody? Go ahead, why, why don't you run the track for me?
11: Some of you might recognize this. If you do, then that's great. I'm gonna need you to do one thing. Can everybody sing? Oh, oh, you know it. Hey, this is... This is... Can everybody sing? Okay, okay. You can turn me up. You can turn it up. Hey. Check it out, check it out, check it out now, now. Now this is just an introduction. Before we blow your mind, we step up in your function and put in overtime. I'm not a workaholic, but I'm always on my grind every day. Because that's the only way I'm going to shine anyway. I had to put this beat over this rhyme just to remind my people of a much simpler time when we played video games and ball sports, with overall short, short fades on ball courts. For me, it was the 90s. For you, it may be different in your mind frame. But the time frame ain't specific. We were just kidding. And back when we were just kids We never had to question our lives We just lived just cause Why are we happy we just was Maybe the reason is cause all we needed was just love And a, that's what I got that That's what I got that And back then we would call it all that Everybody put their hands up Like this one time Yeah, this is all This is all that. Everybody sing Hey, hands up One time like this Hey, this is all. This is now. now, as a kid, grown-ups told me, don't hurry through your years. Because when you're grown, you got insecurities and fears. And when you're grown, you got all the worries and the cares in the world, and the world seems dirty and unfair. I wasn't prepared, it's really kind of funny. I thought I would be rich by the time I was 20. Now I'm trying to find a meal to put inside of my tummy. And my is the only thing they can never take from me. Drawing cartoons, superheroes with pencils. Watching all the dope Nickelodeon kid shows. Legends of the Hidden Tempo was a jam. I like Doug, but damn, Keenan the Cat was the man. Now I know why they told me what they told me way back when we was kids. We won't ever be innocent again, but now I'm a man. though I still can recall back. I'm missing the days when it was fat. And it was all that Everybody hands up one more time Yeah, this it This it Now everybody sing Hands up, side to side Like this one time Left side, this Right side
3: Hold on, hold on Sound, sound cut the Cut the music Cut the music I'm gonna test you guys on your Nickelodeon knowledge one time Okay, I want you to count off how many Nickelodeon TV show references I do in this next verse, okay? Ready? Okay, So it goes like this: Now, what would you
11: do if you were a wild and crazy kid as a rug rat? all of the gutsy things you did? See, I'm trying to live a modern life like Rocco. I miss my homies Doug, Pete and Pete. Hey Arnold. Clarissa explained to me that nothing's for free. My cousin Skeeter told me, look out for my brother and me. I ain't afraid of the dark, so I won't fall flat. If I can just maintain, everything will be cool with all. Nice. Give
3: Give yourselves a round of applause. All right. So how many references was it? How many? 11, 13. The correct answer is 12, 12. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, A1.
0: You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast, always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org. Slash join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join.
1: The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babel. Okay, it's 2020-24, 2020 20, 20, 20, Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com/hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura, A U R A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you wanna keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, And we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist and Wired Magazine. Right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving, by visiting auraframes.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A U R A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply.
7: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
5: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
7: <laughs> Hard to believe. Topics
0: you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly, incredibly fascinating.
9: Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app
0: and at MaximumFun.org. Listen, let's keep this justice train rolling. We've got another trial planned for tonight, so please welcome our litigants, Deb and Bridget. Tonight's case, spit decision. Bridget brings the case against her friend Deb. They have an ongoing dispute that has plagued them for years. When Deb sees Bridget chewing a piece of gum, Deb will ask her to break off a piece of the pre-chewed gum to give to her. Bridget says chewing another person's used gum is gross, no matter how much you love them. Deb says, it's a nice thing to do for a friend. (laughs) Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please, ladies and gentlemen, rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and (laughs) issues our obscure cultural reference.
1: Two tall glasses of sweet iced tea underneath the sweet gum tree. And the love we once nurtured, you and me, disintegrating violently. Swear them in, (laughs) Jesse.
0: Please raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever, please address the microphone? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he only chews natural tree resins?
7: (laughs) I do. I do.
0: Very well, Judge Hodgman. Deb
1: and Bridget and audience here at Marine Memorial Theater, you may be seated. Bridget and Deb, for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you name the piece of culture that I quoted from reading off my phone as I entered this courtroom? Can you? No. No. No, of course you cannot. I made it tricky. (laughs) Can anyone hear?
0: You can? No, 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 no. Not you, sir. (laughs) If you please shut your pie hole.
1: (laughs) I believe a young woman said, right here,
0: was it? What are you? Yeah, th- this woman was referring to this gentleman right oh, here. Oh, wait a minute! Is
1: there some non-white dude who could do this for me, please?
0: <laughs> all right,
1: white dude. Well, white <laughs> dude. <laughs> all right, come on, white dude, stand up and yell it out, both of you it's simultaneously. It's a track from all. It's from West Texas. I thought it was Tennessee. No, first. Oh, this is. <laughs> for those of you, because we don't have the audience mic'd, sadly. For those of you listening along at home, I now have two white dudes (laughs) having an argument over which mountain goats album this song is from. Which one said Tallahassee? Get out, you're dead to me. me, Yeah, but what's the name of the song, dude? Oh god, that's uh Forget it. (laughs) Please turn in your Subaru at the door. (laughs) The song is balance by the mountain goats. And, just to make you guys feel worse, if you had gotten it, I would've given you my spare gavel. Aww. Now I'm gonna give it to someone else that I like. <laughs> so, we actually have to hear this case. I notice one of you is chewing gum at the, gub. I notice that one of you is chewing gum at this very moment. Which one is chewing gum? Bridget,
10: Both. Okay. We share a brain.
7: <laughs> I, I already swallowed oh, mine. You sw- Here,
2: did you
1: want, you want, oh. <laughs> Bridget, do you bring this case before this court? I do. And, and explain the nature of the case. Your friend, Deb, wants to be, you are chewing gum currently, and even now, Deb is looking at you saying, maybe I can get half of that. Is that that's correct? That's right, that's right. It's very straightforward. How, uh, how long have you guys known each other?
10: 20 years. Since... College. Since 20 years-ish. 20, 20 mm-hmm.
1: years, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you're very close? We yeah. are. Yes. Have you ever based us in La Boca? You know what I mean?
10: <laughs> Strangely, no.
1: No? Not even in Universidad para
0: Experimentar?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the back of the biblioteca.
7: <laughs> no. No.
1: Just just close friends who only swap saliva when Deb manages to get gum out of your mouth. Correct. Deb, why are you trying to take gum out of Bridget's mouth all the time?
7: It's not all the time.
0: Only when she's
1: chewing
7: gum. Only when she's chewing gum. (laughs) It's not all the time, but there's occasions where she has some gum in her mouth and I do not, and it looks like a good idea to me. So... (laughs)
1: You mean chewing gum looks like a good idea to you, or chewing that gum?
7: Well, if I had other gum, I would chew it. That's not my first option.
1: Why don't you just have your own gum?
7: Because I've already chewed a piece of gum that day.
0: Wait, are you on a gum rationing program (laughs) of some kind? Do you have
7: some sort of gum Weight Watchers points that you've already... Kind of. If I don't ration it, I would just chew gum all the time.
1: Yeah, and save your friend, weirdness. Why do you, why do you, why do you, why do you ration your, why? All of it. What's going on?
7: I like gum a lot. You like gum
1: a lot. I do. Well, why don't you just chew it? Does anyone have any gum? It's
7: kind of, I do.
1: Well, it's. Let's throw throw the gum on stage and let's see if she dives for it.
0: This is, this is well, a I test. don't. I, I
1: want to see if you go. It's not I want to see if you go for the wrapped-up gum that's been thrown on stage, or if you're still aching to get that gum out of your best friend's sweet mouth.
7: Okay. <laughs> so if we do have to go through it, I do prefer gum that doesn't have any flavor. I, to it. I want to. You know what? <laughs> I used to chew silly putty as a child. That's like perfect gum. <laughs>
1: For those of you listening at home, this is the sound of me speechless. Do you have pica? Do you have pica? Do you eat clay and rocks? Do you have a compulsion to eat, like, lint from the
7: dryer? No, no, no. Like, plastic. You do. Maybe. (laughs) No, no, no. no, no. Not not maybe.
1: I'm asking you a question. Do you have a compulsion to eat flavorless plastic?
7: I have. I don't know. I wouldn't call it a compulsion.
1: It is interesting to you.
7: Yeah. It's Are... like a
0: hobby or enthusiasm.
7: Right.
1: <laughs> How long is it you, since you, you chewed silly, silly Putty as a child?
7: Yeah, no, that's a child, and I'm far from a child.
1: No, I understand, but they still make Silly Putty. I know. <laughs> Have you so put aside childish things that you won't gnaw on a little Silly Putty from time to time?
7: No, <laughs> yeah, but there's little wax, you know, soda that they're filled with, like, yeah.
5: yeah.
1: I have disgusting children. I know what those are. <laughs> little, little, so, little, soda bo- little tiny pieces of wax that are shapeless soda yeah. bottles that have colored sugar water in them. Yeah. You, so can you, dump, you, you can get those. You can buy those, those too.
7: Su- you dump out the colored sugar water. That's not what people do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Deb, would you mind, just for my benefit, making a quick sort of back-of-the-envelope list of non-food things you've chewed? I mean, you're far from a child. You've had plenty of time to chew on a broad variety of things that aren't intended to be, to be chewed upon.
1: Rubber bands? you ever chew on no. rubber bands? No, no,
0: no, of course. You've got That's just...
1: <laughs> She's not an animal. Well, I, I hardly know where to begin here. But I, but I think first of all, and primarily, I, I'd like to examine the hygiene of this habit that you are insisting upon your friend, Bridget, um, but I don't know anything about saliva hygiene. Does, is there anyone in the house who does?
0: Oh, I've got great news, Judge Hodgman. Oh, good. We happen to have someone here who knows a lot about hygiene, an expert witness. She's a science journalist, the author of many books, including Stiff, Bonk, Packing for Mars, <laughs> and most recently, and most saliently, Gulp. Adventures on the Alimentary Canal, please welcome to the stage, best-selling author, Mary Roach. Mary, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, or whatever? I swear. Great. (laughs) By the way, do you feel like Mary was starting to sing the song, I swear? (laughs) I swear. (laughs) All 4-1. All
1: 4-1. <laughs> Mary, thank you for coming. Thank you.
12: Look how close I am to the microphone.
1: Well... I, I appreciate it, much. And, and, and you know, it's a good thing you're an expert on hygiene because I have licked all of these microphones.
2: <laughs>
1: that is you why I'm
0: so intent. Mary may be an expert on hygiene. I might question her commitment to hygiene, <laughs> given that I know for a fact she's put her arm into the side of a cow.
12: I have, <clears throat> yeah. Not actually the side, but the, um, the, the stomach.
1: The open Is stomach chamber of a tortured yeah. cow.
12: Yeah. No, it's, a, it's, no it's, ha- it's harmless. It's kind of like, a, you know, the, the plugs in the ear that the barista wears at the cafe, the big plug. It's like that, oh. but it's on the side of the cow, and then you, the cow goes on chewing. It's What that cow's you,
1: mother must think.
12: You put, <laughs> <laughs> you put your arm in, and it's fine. It's, so light, it's
1: nice. Have you heard this conversation so far? Yes, I have. Now, all right, we went from one area of revulsion to another area of revulsion very quickly (laughs) because I became fascinated with uh, Deb's desire to chew on flavor. What was it about the gum that was thrown at the stage that is uh, distasteful to you, Deb?
7: Nothing. It's got flavor. Well, I just, yeah. What flavor is it? I don't
0: know. There's two flavors. Uh, We have a report from the audience that there are two
2: flavors. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I just realized that someone's trying to buzz market their gum on me. Get me to talk about their gum on stage. No way, you weirdos.
0: Sorry, we're not gonna help you disrupt the gum market. (laughs) But we started
1: out with the issue of Deb pressuring Bridget into giving up half of her gum. How often does it happen?
10: every time I have gum,
12: and she's with That's me. That's not true. I, 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 would li- I would like to share something with you guys that you, you may not be aware of. Uh, saliva is a, uh, it's a taboo substance, but it, it's, we're, we're okay with it when it's inside our mouths, okay? Mm-hmm. But once it leaves the mouth, we are disgusted by it, but the exception is loved ones. Okay, your children. Yeah. La Boca. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's why I lovers. was asking that question. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you are actually extending the uh, boundaries of yourself to include your loved ones. So it's not gross. This is actually love. This is love that we're talking about. Yeah.
10: Oh. It's very one
12: way.
1: You... Oh.
2: Are there any divorce (laughs) lawyers in the house
0: tonight?
1: So Deb asking you to split gum as a token of uh, (sighs) affection uh, and sharing saliva and becoming spit sisters is, 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 is one way love for you. How would you suggest she pay you back?
10: You don't want my gum. I don't want her gum. It's not an expression of affection for me. It's an expression of her addiction to gum.
1: How do you feel, you should not necessarily have to be her enabler. Exactly. And how do you feel when she denies you the the pre-chewed, flavorless, saliva-drenched silly putty of her mouth (laughs) that you so desperately desire? How do you feel?
7: I don't think she's ever said no. I always say no. But you always do it, still. I say no, and then I give you my gum sometimes. See if well, <laughs> reluctantly.
1: What do you think about this, Mary?
12: Well, there's something else you might want to keep in mind. I don't know anything about your dental hygiene or yours, but the sharing of a piece of gum, or really saliva in general, is a kind of a bacterial transplant. So you could actually benefit by getting more healthful uh, gum bacteria. It, it, well, it could go either way. kind of depends on,
0: on... Sure. Yeah. But, Mary, it, but that's something to consider. Can <laughs> I ask you a question? I think I think of... I naturally think of the mouth as like a gross place where a no. lot of gross stuff is going mm. on. Um, now, that's because I'm completely forgetting everything that I read in your book for the sake of stagecraft. <laughs> Can you tell me can you tell me a little bit about like what's going on inside the mouth? Is it a gross and dirty place?
12: Why I can I can address that topic for you quite deftly um, <laughs> For example the other day in fact two days ago I bit my cheek and there was a little sort of pulpy protruding gross thing on the side. Oh, so- can I have some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Later Yeah. <I'm- laughs>
1: I'm feeling this, this uh. is going to happen you guys.
12: <laughs> but now, in just less than 30 some hours, it's all smooth and healed up. And that, that wouldn't happen with a cut on your skin. Your mouth heals incredibly fast, there's all these anti-microbial substances and growth promoting factors and it's kind of a, saliva's kind of a miraculous substance and you shouldn't be putting it, really putting it down.
1: Are you so. putting it down though, or, Bernadette? Bridget, sorry. You're grossed out. You're grossed there are a lot out. Of names. There are a lot of names in the world, Gidget. and I hear most of them. Are you putting it down, though, Bridget? Like, are you resisting your friend's request out of hygiene issues, or how would you express it?
10: It's inappropriate. How, explain. For example. Yeah. In a restaurant. Sure. A, we sit down. <laughs> wine is poured. There's a white tablecloth that is cloth that is not paper. I'm not going to put... So I go, oh, I've got to get rid of my gum to drink this wine. I'll take that, she says.
1: <laughs> why is that... Is this a it?
0: hypothetical or an actual thing that happens? Uh,
7: regular. Yeah.
1: Why is that inappropriate?
9: It's a social Compared set. to, say,
1: why isn't it more appropriate to spit out your gum before you go into a restaurant and order oh. wine?
9: <laughs> or swallow it. Because it stays in Don't seven years. Don't swallow
1: it. Mary Roach, do you know if you swallow, f- swallow gum, it stays in your stomach uh, until uh, the yeah, end of the world? No, and I'm pretty no, sure a tree grows in there, too. Is that true though,
10: or not too, right? uh, <laughs>
1: Is that no. not true? No, no. You can
12: swallow your partial dentures, and if you can get them down, they're going to come out. <laughs> it's going to come out.
1: New it's
0: T-shirt. <laughs> Maxfunstore.com.
12: I have a question for Deb. Do you have do you have uh, do you have salon, Do you have any dryness? Because. The very act of chewing that something kind of you know tough and resistant is stimulating saliva. It's, uh, it's called stimulated saliva. You, and when the people who study saliva, they will give you like a tampon to chew on. A salivologist. Uh, <laughs> I've never chewed it on absorbs, a tampon. <laughs> uh, it. Absorbs. Will absorb the saliva. Anyway, perhaps. The tampon is pressure. the one thing you
1: haven't chewed on. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mary. Perhaps you were this saying. is
12: an issue. Uh, a dry mouth issue. I don't think
1: so. I am not sure if you heard but I asked Deb a lot of questions about why she is driven to chew flavorless substances. Yeah, yeah, I don't And it does not seem like she wants to explore it.
7: Yeah. Well, it's just a, it's just something to do, I guess. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I could read a book. There I could do are a a lot lot of something productive
0: like heroin. <laughs>
1: why should it's, All right, why should Bridget be the enabler of your desire to chew gum. When you could be chewing flavorless gum all the time. You could be pre-chewing gum. You could probably hire children to chew gum for you (laughs) and then keep it on the bedpost and then pull one off every morning and just have the time of your life gnawing down on that flavorless silly putty substitute. Why should Bridget have to do this for you?
7: Because she's my best friend. Yeah. I've heard everything. Oh, <laughs> sorry.
1: I've heard everything. I need to make my decision. I'm going to go to my chambers and oh, uh, no. chew this over.
0: <laughs> Please By rise. Shooting myself in the head for making a pun. <laughs> Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Okay, sit down. Let's talk about this. Deb, I want to know about some other stuff <laughs> you've chewed because you slipped past that question quite deftly. Well, Mary Roach here is a professional journalist and she needs to know. Yeah. This is for Mary Roach, not for me.
6: <laughs> I don't know, like
0: pieces of plastic. You do know! You, I know, I know. These are things you put in your mouth
3: <laughs> zip ties.
0: That are designed to be outside your mouth.
6: i i
7: chewed on cardboard before I've chewed on. But not, you know, I mean, just to try it. Plastic, generally.
0: <laughs> just in college, it was an experiment.
7: I don't do it anymore. <laughs> Getting
0: to know yourself.
7: I'm married now. OK, yeah.
0: what kind of piece of plastic? Like that little thing that goes around the top of the gallon of milk?
7: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it doesn't even
12: really need to be chewy. No, doesn't need to give at all. Just you'll chew pretty much anything. You're a chewing slut. Just (laughs)
0: anything, put it in, chew it up. Mary, have you ever, in all of your scientific endeavors, had to chew something from someone else's mouth?
12: Um, uh, mm, The tampon. (laughs) I did chew the tampon in the lab, and um, that was a
0: fresh tampon. That was
12: a. (laughs) It wasn't. It's right. (laughs) But what's not used.
0: By which I so, mean, it had not been in anyone else's mouth.
12: Uh, yeah. 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 Um, I've I've uh, I've been with a. <laughs> uh, I spent time with an agricultural researcher who um, sat me down, and we counted the number of times the cow would chew the cud before, wait, no, it was the number of seconds it would stay down before it came back up. So I've witnessed a lot of of cud chewing. Does that help?
0: Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Somehow. Science is the backbone of our modern society. (laughs) It's thanks to heroes like Mary Roach, Deb, would you chew something that wasn't gum, that was in someone's mouth? Like, what if your best friend was chewing uh, beefsteak tartare?
7: Oh, no. (laughs) I've shared
0: shared gum.
12: You know what, I should say, I've shared a piece of gum with my stepdaughter.
0: Really? Yeah. Was it part of, like, a women's retreat ritual?
12: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was kind of a a spur-of-the-moment double dare. Like I was chewing it. Phoebe said, do you have another piece? And I took it out, and I said, you can have a piece of this. And she said, OK, daring me, thinking I wouldn't do it. It's sort of a mutual, I don't think you'll do it. And then we were both chewing the gum.
0: (laughs) You know, I think my wife and I in high school like made out and swapped gum back and a, forth just so an, that we could say we did that because it seemed like it would be like going to a sock hop or something.
12: Yeah, it's like when you with your like, Having a
0: milkshake with two straws.
12: ...friend in second grade and you touch tongues and you go, ah! It's kind of that <laughs> thrilling... <laughs> why? I revealing too much?
0: If you told Deb that the gum she was chewing was ABC brand gum, <laughs> and then you explained that that stands for already been chewed, she'd be stoked about it. Yeah,
7: exactly.
0: How do you think your chances are in this case, Deb?
7: I, I came prepared to beat a monster, so... <laughs>
10: <laughs>
0: Bridget, how are you
7: feeling?
10: Quiet and strong. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about it. Please rise as Judge Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be (laughs) seated.
1: You may know that I'm chewing a lot of gum right now. (laughs) That I got from an audience member, symbolizing incredible trust for the audience. (laughs) Only at this moment do I realize it may be some roofie gum. But that person would have had to have had a lot of foresight. (laughs) Deb, I don't think that you're a monster. Hmm? Mm. I think that you have a peculiar taste. Oh, this gum is very harsh. Too (laughs) too spicy. (laughs) I think that you have a peculiar taste for some peculiar things. Uh, on a level that uh, you either don't understand or do understand and are unwilling to explain in front of a bunch of strangers, which is reasonable, (laughs) I have to say. What I love about what Mary Roach explained is that these small um, trades of uh, precious bodily fluids, not the uh, heavy-duty ones, but the small ones, the touching of tongues, the swapping of gum, uh, and um, and and so on and so forth. The, the you know spitting in your hand and 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 grasping hands and becoming spit uh, uh, brothers and sisters. These things. Oh, I thought you were about to do it. There, <laughs> 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 you know, th- this is this is the beautiful power of taboo. It is, it is, you know, there is no reason that this is particularly unhygienic, but culturally we think that that it is too intimate to share. And every now and then you break that taboo and you share it and it does bond friendships. And if Bridget was into it, why, by all means, share up some gum, do you know what I mean? Strengthen your bond and, uh, and boost each other's, uh, uh, immunity to various, to, to measles. <laughs> I think that's how it works, right? That's <laughs> how vaccination works. But your, uh, statement, Deb, that you want to do this because it would make you closer friends, however much that is supported by the science of Mary Roach, it is a lie when it comes out of your plastic-chewing mouth. <laughs> You guys may be great friends, right? But that is not why you want that gum. You want that gum for the same reason you want that piece of plastic off the top of the milk container. Because it's there. Obviously, I am not going to find in your favor. I will find in favor of Bridget. She can keep her gum to herself because she has a right to her own personal standards of repulsion. But since you have been such a good friend of this court...
7: Oh, no.
0: Chew it! Chew it! Chew it! (laughs) This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hartman rules that is all. Deb, Bridget, Mary Roach, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. You know, John, we've dispensed a lot of justice tonight. Yes. And we've enjoyed a musical performance from the popular rapper A1. Right. But I feel like there's something missing.
1: Well, we do have one of San Francisco, and I dare say the world's great singer, songwriter, producers, and musicians here with us. It would seem a shame not to have him sing, write song, produce, and (laughs) musish. Would you mind introducing
0: our final guest of the evening? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage John Vanderslice with drummer Jason Slota. How
4: is everyone? A lot of justice has been dispensed. This is the lovely Jason Slota. I really, really like you. On a lot of levels. We've played a lot of shows together and I adore this guy. You're gonna see why. Go, go, go Time to go, time to go, go Time to go, time to go, go, go We'll never come back, it's time to go Try to make it to the shore, it's time to go Don't know what you had till it's time to go Field we found planned community with plan two bedrooms and fall amenities. Sold the horses, and we sold our guns. a Spectre of Timothy can appeared on my lawn, he told me to run. Time to go, time to go, go Time to go, time to go, go, go Time to go, time to go, go Time to go, time to go, go, go We'll never come back, it's time to go Been banished to the cracks of molten ash don't know what you had till it's time to go.
0: John Vanderslice, ladies and gentlemen, alongside Jason Slota. John, Jason, you guys are, you guys are still up there. Maybe one more song?
4: Yeah. Let's bring out the judge.
1: Thanks,
2: guys.
1: (laughs) What a pleasure. It's been performing for you guys here in San Francisco at Marines Memorial Theater as part of SF Sketchfest. Thank you very much for coming out. If you missed it, let the record show for those listening at home that Deb did take the gum out of my mouth and put it in her mouth. I saw it happen up close and personal. She and I are spit siblings forever, and thus I gave to her the extra gavel. She earned it. <laughs> this is a song that I did not uh, write, uh, nor did anyone on the stage. This is a song by the Handsome Family, and it is uh, the least judgmental song that I know. say on christmas day when you threw your clothes in the snow when you burnt your hair knocked over chairs i just tried to stay out of your way when you fell. blood on your
2: teeth
1: I got in my car and
2: drove away
1: listen to me never be enough to save you from the bottom of your
2: glass
1: where the state highway starts I stopped my car, I got out to look at the stars, as meteors died, shot across the sky, I thought about your sad and shining eyes, I came back for my clothes as the sun finally But you were still passed out on the floor. Listen to me, butterfly. There is only so much wine you can drink in one life. It will never. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah. Have a great time with the rest of Sketchfest. 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 Go see Jesse Thorne and Jordan Morris tomorrow. Yeah. Jordan, Jesse, go. Thanks again to John Vanderslice, Jason, A1, Julia for putting it all together, all the people who helped, and all the litigants and everybody else. This is the sound of a gavel and great appreciation. That is all. Good night.
0: Our thanks to John Vanderslice, Jason Slota, and Jacob Winnick for their amazing musical performance. John Vanderslice is currently building a new analog recording studio in Oakland to go with the two that he has in San Francisco. You can check him out at johnvanderslice.com. Thanks also to my childhood friend, rapper A1. You can find him at a-1music.com. A1 has a new mixtape coming out. It's called Thurlian. And it's out March 5th. He's also headlining at the Fillmore in San Francisco, the legendary Fillmore in San Francisco at the end of March. We were also delighted to have Mary Roach join us. She's at maryroach.net. If you want to read more about the science and just general gross stuff of eating and digestion, I cannot recommend her book Gulp highly enough. It's so funny and great. Love it. Really love it. And thanks again to everyone at SF Sketchfest and Marines Memorial Theater. Our producer is Julia Smith. Our editor is Mark McConville. Live show production help this week from Michelle Mitchell. To submit a case to Judge John Hodgman, visit MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. That's MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Or just email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at, at Judge John Hodgman or on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. MaximumFun.org.
2: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.